It's Coalfield and Company. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking for a to the weekend. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Party and 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 party Although down at TI, it's so there's so much going on the cacophony of that place. I can scream. I do scare people though. You'd have people probably turning and thinking that you just hit big on like a, a, a slaughter a slot <laughs> well, machine or something like that. If people haven't been down to Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, there is um, one of those horse race machines, like a mega one, the next generation, and people mm. freaking scream and howl. They I go can crazy. I, so I've been there a couple of times with you, and it's like it's like it is a, a sort of a madhouse when people win. Yeah. I always get excited for them. I feel like I won something too. I don't know. Like being there should count for somebody hitting big on like a jackpot or something like that. Like just being in the – I feel rewarded. Like I feel like that's like fate. Like I was meant to be a part of your celebration. So I don't know. Very but happy moments. What's what's really crazy is that that song really swept the nation when it came out. Like listening to it now, I, I'm like – that was like really. I, did it top the Billboard charts? Like there was there was a there was a wave when that song came out. It's I don't know crazy. If it ever got that big? I think it was more of kind of a joke and a cult thing. I think it always has been, but like yeah. even those joke cult songs do like get massive radio play. Well, for, they do like, from us. Yeah, and we I, love it, it. it. It makes sense. It's like now it's like yes, it is Friday, and that's that is how Fridays feel sometimes. Friday uh, feels it, great. You know, this show is weird. Uh, the interviews that we get most fascinated by, like Vic Taver, was awesome. I get a kick out of Vic. But the shows that we get most jacked about are the non-sports people. So, like, John Taffer was in here two months ago, and I was, I'm was i just, like, beside myself. I'm like, this is so cool. I love John Taffer. <laughs> yeah. Just fascinated the whole time. I'm like, what do you like? Um, <laughs> but we've also had spots with, say, like, Bo Derek. I mean, one of the hottest women of the late 70s, 80s, right. like an icon up on the Cofield wall with the poster. And I d- generally don't trend young with the female icon mm-hmm. interviews but rebecca black may be in the mix to come on cofield and company because i don't know if you saw this last last week the a's pissed off rebecca black and then she pissed them off they tried to use the friday thing uh the friday song and mention rebecca black and they spelled friday with a ph because the phillies were in town oh. they were promoting the phillies and they're like oh a member of rebecca black's family is on the phillies which i'm like okay um just got awkward. Rebecca Black responded, and she goes, one, I don't have any family in the Phillies. Two, sell the team. <laughs> she completely <laughs> obliterated them. She completely latched on to what A's fans in Northern California have been saying oh for years and their chant, sell the team, <laughs> sell the team. That is a fantastic response. I don't know if she has a social media team, but – that was if she knew that on her own. That is highly impressive. She she's got to be a baseball fan, or at least she has a baseball fan in her circle. Right. Somebody close to her had to like give her the lowdown. Like this so is cool. a perfect opportunity. That's so cool. fantastic. Yep. Awesome. Uh, yesterday was awesome. NBA draft. All these young guys realize their dream. First round picks, especially get guaranteed money. We had a hometown hero, Julian Strother, get drafted. He had a draft party over at Red Rock. Uh, Willie Ramirez, fen- uh, friend of the family and top-notch media guy, was like, I got to be there. I got to you know, see the experience. He talked to Julian Strother. If you missed that, we played that interview in hour one. You can go up to lvsportsnetwork.com after the show and listen to that. Jalen Suggs was there, another NBA player. Uh, Jalen, of course, played at Gonzaga. 
Listen to how fired up Jalen Suggs was minutes after his pal Julian Strawler got drafted. We are joined at the Julian Strother draft party by a very emotional Jalen Suggs. You guys have been best friends. He just got done training with you. You were in the back room with him. Jalen, your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, it's amazing. It's, he deserves every, every second of this moment. Just from what he's going through in his whole life and from us being together, going to school. And he didn't play much the first year, but he was there with me every day. You know, he motivated me. Uh, it kept me up. Uh, in my my downtimes, I always go to Julian. You know, we twins. We one in the same. And for him to have his moment is amazing. So. You guys would share each other's Instagram <laughs> stories, and you'd always put hashtag twin or, or whatever. Uh, what's this week been like? I know he was out training with you, and then you guys arrive in Vegas. You've kind of just keep, been keeping it low-key. What advice have you been giving him leading up to tonight? Just enjoy it, man, to, to soak all of this in. This is a once-in-a-lifetime moment. And to have all his family and friends here and everybody who he loves and has helped him get to this moment, um, you know, and for me to be able to share this with my brother uh, is it, special. So uh, I've been happy for him. You know, I've just been trying to keep a smile on his face and, you know, keep him not stressing from the draft too much. But, um, yeah, this has been a great week. It's it's one thing to be prepared to, to step into the NBA and, and come off the court. Julian's proved that he's a special basketball player in, in so many different capacities. But from a mental standpoint, standpoint, away from the basketball court, maturity in terms of what he brings, personality, humbleness. Talk about his character. He's rock solid. He's rock solid. Right, that's why we go so well together. Um, like I said, he... There was plenty of times he could have given up. He could have been frustrated, angry, but he stayed a great person, you know, and he was always happy. Let the tears go. Let the tears go for young fella. Um, He was always happy, always had a smile on his face and went to work. Um, So for Denver to be able to get not only a player, but a person that's special, that's a blessing. Jalen Suggs, we appreciate you coming on just minutes after. Great friend, brother, a.k.a. twin getting drafted into the NBA by the Pacers, going to the Nuggets, of course. We thank you for joining us on ESPN Las Vegas. That was awesome. Uh, on the on one front, Willie is a machine. Like, just that kid in there. is, like, <laughs> I had listened to the interview. I don't know why I didn't pick up on the, like, the second part where he's emotional at the beginning. Willie stops for a second question. The kid is sobbing. It's full-on boo-hoo mode. Holy like that's all. And, I mean, and that's like, so cool. Willie's like still in there with the that's questions. It's like let's like, the questions got to go on, but the, like that kind of raw emotion, like the brotherhood first that these two have, obviously special. That's mm. BFF material. Keep that guy in your corner, right? Like that's like you guys definitely have a bond that's that's you know blood sticking in the water, whatever you say. But that that's that's cool. That's cool to be that happy for a friend and to celebrate somebody else's success. That's that's awesome in its own right. Willie getting the scoop and like being able to bring that to the audience. That's that's but kudos to him too. I've been in boohoo mode before trying to do an interview. Yeah. It doesn't come out that clear. <laughs> like there's no way I get the message across when I'm boohooing like that. So kudos to him, Jalen Suggs, for getting the words out and actually making it something we could actually hear and understand cool. through his tears. That was awesome. Well, when you get your OC job, like eight years from now somewhere, <laughs> you're a I, I will I'll be emotional for you. I don't I might I might do that. I don't know. That's I mean, that's special, man. That's like that's next level cool. friendship. That is awesome. That he was that happy for him. Yep. That's really cool. And uh, yeah, again, I mean, just show you know th- these kids work really hard to make the NBA, and uh, for you know friends and family to be you know that moved by it is 
is awesome. Uh, we're going to talk, or at least uh, Willie did, to Lee Strother uh, later in the hour. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we're going to bring in Ryan McKinnell, who's a very emotional guy. We're going to get him going. Um, I can only imagine what he's going to say about an MMA fight, because Ryan's a purist. An MMA fight between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. And when you're driving around listening right now, you're like, what? What's happening? That's not going to happen. Dana White wants to promote it. It might happen. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. Guy. That's one of the big problems with boxing right now. It's all about these gimmicky type fights. And that's just not what I do here. It's not what I do. I was talking to both Elon and uh, Mark last night. Both guys are absolutely dead serious about this. If they really want to do it and they're serious and we can figure it out, I would absolutely positively do this. Build a real card with real guys and they're the main event. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Wait a second. That just felt like that video that's gone around with Skip Bayless arguing with Skip Bayless. That's exactly what the hell what just happened. <laughs> it's like it's like a complete 180. Like you just switched sides there, buddy. Like was that the same? Is that a doppelganger, Dana White? Like what's going real, on? Here? It was real Dana White and fake Dana White. No, oh, that was scrolls just came out too. That's a show. We'll talk about that. Same Dana, Dana White. Was, we'll talk about that. Same Dana White that's saying insane. we don't do gimmicks. And then Elon Musk and Zuckerberg are talking trash about an MMA fight, and he's like, "Yep, I'm in." Ryan McKinnell is with us. He is a longtime MMA media member. He does radio for Sirius XM. He'll always be a member of Cofield and Company. What's up, Big Mac? Hey, yeah, we don't do we don't do gimmick fights here, Steve. But <laughs> tune in to Power Slap, where we got glorified <laughs> bum fights on meth, right only on Rumble TV. Come on, man! Like, what reality are we living in? Don't hold back. Don't hold back. I mean, that, those so, two bites are crazy. So, it's so dumb. But you know what? Like, the world is breaking around us, and I'm kind of getting on board with it. You know what? What does anything matter? Who cares about MMA? Who cares about combat sports? It's all a carny sideshow. I'm in, Steve. I'm with you now, buddy. You know, it's funny. We, we do take sports so seriously and the integrity. And when you look back, you're like, <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Let's have the audience listen one more time to a little more Dana here as he pitches a fight between 51-year-old billionaire Elon Musk, who is built like a tub of goo, and Mark Zuckerberg, 39, who's uh, about 30. I actually think he's about 50 pounds lighter. Go ahead, Dana. Both guys are absolutely dead serious about this. They both want to do it. Mark Zuckerberg hit me up first and said, is he serious? And I said, I don't know. Let me ask him. I asked him, and he said, yeah, I'm dead serious. This would be the biggest fight ever in the history of the world, bigger than anything that's ever been done. It would break all pay-per-view records. These guys would raise hundreds of millions of dollars for charity. You don't have to be a fight fan to be interested in this fight. You, you Everybody would want to see it. I mean, he's kind of right. I think we, I mean, it's a fight. It's not a quality fight, so I don't know if I would go. It's the biggest fight in the history of the world, Big Mac. But is he right? Would they get tens of millions of people to watch this fight? I mean, I, am I answering this seriously? I know. Um, <laughs> it depends on what the price point would be. Yeah. Like, I like I literally don't know what we're doing here. But this is, honestly, this is indicative of how far, in my opinion, the UFC brand has fallen over X amount of years. I mean, they created a fake belt because Nate Diaz and George Mosfidal couldn't win an actual title. So what they do? They made the BMF <laughs> title. Well, here you go. And they had The Rock walk it out. You know, Dana hates pro wrestling, except he'll make a fake, fake belt that two fighters that can't earn an actual belt 
compete for, right? Then you look at his Twitter, you look at his Instagram. It's littered with power slap uh, posts uh, talking about slapping. Uh, I go back 15 years ago when Brock Lesnar got a title fight against Randy Couture coming off a loss, right? Nick Diaz did the same against George St. Pierre. So the, the writing has been on the wall for quite some time. It is very much uh, about entertainment. And you know what? Elon Musk. And, and Mark Zuckerberg beating the crap out of each other is mildly interesting. I mean, I, I say, why stop at, you know, a, a cage? Let's let's dangle some weapons from the rafters. Let's go like with like a ladder match, maybe, because they're not going to hurt each other, Steve. And oh, whoa, I don't whoa, whoa. like billionaires. I want to see them hurt each other. I was just going to say, this may be the first time that we've ever seen two billionaires fight. And I'm I'm down for that because like yeah. they've got plenty of time and money to do whatever else they want to do. The Why rich. not watch them fight? Eat this the rich. I will also say rich. this might be a gateway. This might be a gateway to the next arena being filled with political leaders. I'm just gonna throw it out oh. there. Oh, like, yeah. could you imagine instead of the debates, it's the octagon for president? Oh, like, it, let's do oh, that. It would be- it would be amazing. And let's, and you know, let's not stop at wins and losses. Let's fight to the death. Let's make this matter. You know what I mean? Terror Dome. I want to see Master Blaster. Let's bring Tina Turner back in a hologram and let's do it. Let's make this as stupid as humanly possible because clearly nobody cares about anything anymore. I love it. Oh yeah, the winner gets uh, the hologram of Tina Turner singing Simply the Best at the end. The king of social media will be determined in the octagon. That's, that's what it is. I, you'll have a monopoly on social media if you come out on top. You know what? I was actually handicapping this fight in my head because I think odds were out on it. Yeah. And and uh, I want to say that Elon was like a plus 300 dog. And, I, and you know, honestly, I mean, wait, wait, wait aside. When you look at you look at Zuckerberg, who is actually I know he got choked out at a Brazilian jiu jitsu tournament not too long ago, but he's actually been putting in the work for a little bit of time. And like, you know, you remember, uh, Steve, I know you remember this. Uh, a few months back, maybe a couple years ago, Stephen A. Smith on the pads, working the pads. You remember that video? Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was objectively awful. horrible. Watch Zuckerberg hit the pads. It is light years ahead of Stephen A. Smith. Now, again, we're sitting here handicapping absolute amateurs. But you know what? If billionaires are going to get in there and spill some blood, and honestly – I don't like either one of them, but I really don't eat like Elon Musk. Like, I'll give Zuckerberg credit. He stays off of most podcasts. He doesn't do a ton of media, right? Elon Musk will talk to anybody, and every time, and I know this is odd coming from me, every time he opens his mouth, he just sounds dumber. Why don't we just put Twitter up for grabs, and if Zuckerberg wins, he doesn't get Twitter. Like, he's got to pay something for it, but it's like, you know, a quarter on the dollar, 20 cents on the dollar. Put it up for grabs. Battle of social media. I'm here for it. Right? And you know what? Let's not stop there. Let's do like a best of three. Let's do in the octagon, in the boxing ring, and in the power slap arena, right? Like let's do a best of three and see who really is the baddest billionaire. So it does sound like, and Ryan McKinnell's with us, fight expert, uh, Cofield and company member. Caleb's here. It's Cofield. Ari's here as well. Zuckerberg against Musk. Um, it does sound like the fight could get derailed. I mean, there's a lot of reasons it should be. But basically, on the weight difference, they say Zuckerberg is 5'7", 155, I believe that. They say Musk is 6'1", 185. My guess is more like 230. Um, That could be a problem. I know I'm talking serious fight things here, but in terms of, hey, why should it? Screw it. Screw it. If we're going to do this, we're now worried about weight difference? Too bad. Let's do it. 
<laughs> safety that ship, cares. that ship sailed a long time ago steve right? like i mean all bets are off if we're gonna do this and two billionaires are actually gonna make it happen we are las vegas we will make this happen i can't believe i can't believe the hyperbole and i know this is ridiculous right it's dana white he's a fight promoter i'm used to hyperbole but talking about it being a main event talking yep. about on, on a real card the- building a real card oh, around right. it Oh my so, God! The greatest Steve, fight of all you time. You remember when oh, Steve, CM Punk got the gimme fight in yep. the UFC and everybody was up in arms? Yep. Like, where, where, where were, the, where are those fans? Did they all leave? Did they all quit the sport? Did they all retire? I mean, I, I, honest to God, can't believe we're talking about it. But I do like to lean into the absurd. I yep. mean, if these two guys actually want to do it, I'm, I'm not going to sit here on my high horse. Oh, I'm going to watch. <laughs> I wonder to make it. I'm really into this fight. To make it more fair, of course you are. Could it be? I mean, we just we saw Power Slap two. By the way, Power Slap three coming up on July seventh. I don't get any money for that, Stop. but I love the sport. No, um, way. are you serious? Seriously, oh, yeah. July seventh. You know the date. You really, you really leaning into it like that? July seventh. Yeah. Um, we saw they went super heavyweight, which again is another circus. And they had a guy who was three sixty two against a guy who was four hundred and sixty seven pounds, who folded like cheap laundry. He oh got destroyed. If we could do a hundred pound difference there, why couldn't we do a slap, a slap off with Zuckerberg? <laughs> And Elon. That'd be great. You know what would be cool is to watch a like a bank account measurement contest. Like that'd be the only thing that like <laughs> like determines the difference well, of the outcome. Like how much are you willing to spend? Like for instead of a slap, it's like purchase. Like you gotta make a, a two million dollar purchase and you gotta like watch that two million dollars just leave to nothingness. How much can you take as a billionaire? Like at mm, what point do you bow out? All right microtransactions courtesy of Dana White <laughs> in the, the main event of the century I, I mean I the fact that we're even talking about it yeah. right blows my mind it, it's it's almost unfathomable but this kind of goes in line with like that little Russian guy has and like Dana White saying he 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 uh he gave him a contract and he's gonna fight uh the CM Punk experiment like it, listen if you draw enough eyes and and Steve, I know you've been keeping an eye on this through the media lens. Some of the people that are covering the sport, the Nelk boys, the full send guys, like if those people and those entities get enough views, Dana White will work with you. I mean, he talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago in, in, in through the lens of the NHL, and he called everybody in the NHL dummies for refusing to credential and work with these quote unquote new media people like the Nelk boys and full send. And, uh, you know, listen, I don't agree with it. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's just bad optics. And it's not even like a purest sense. It's just like a quality control sense. That's all beside the point of this really important fact, right? And I think Dana White does deserve a little bit of credit. He does have his eyes on the numbers, metrics, and new media. I think it's, I think it's passing. I don't think it lasts. It has staying power. But the man is open to new avenues. And, uh, you know, credit to him because a lot of people in sports really aren't and they stay stuck in their ways. Now, I think he's doomed to fail. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a black mark on actual combat sports, if that's even possible, the city of Las Vegas. But he does seem to reach outside the box. And, guys, I mean, Elon Musk and and Mark Zuckerberg is about as out of the box as you're ever going to find. All right, let's go to another crazy one. So this is a legit fighter. So, I don't know, six, eight months ago, we find out Conor McGregor coming back in the Ultimate Fighter, finishing the season, a fight between Conor and Michael Chandler. And Adam Hill looks at me and he's like, how? How is that going to happen? 
He's like, Connor's not going to test. And lo and behold, we find out this week that he's got a deadline he had to meet, and he didn't go into the USADA, Royd, and other stuff testing pool. What is happening with this? Is this the beginning of the end? Is is McGregor just done as a fighter now that he will not be able to fight at the end of this season in 2023? I think we, I think we're, you know, hindsighting 20 the 20 this a little bit, uh, Steve. I think we saw the beginning of the end with McGregor probably a few years ago, okay. maybe even before the leg break against Dustin Poirier. The beginning of the end for Conor McGregor was most likely, and this is something data says all the time, when fighters get paid, it's a lot harder to get them back in the ring, right? Well, yeah. as we know, Conor McGregor didn't just get paid. He got absolutely uh, trucked out when you're talking about the proper 12 deal and the hundreds of millions of dollars he got on the back end of that, the Mayweather fight. I think he's got a half a billion dollars, and he's tasted not just the good life, right? He's been tasting that Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg life. He's been talking, to, you know, t- touching nice. and 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 dancing in that ultra exclusive, ultra elite world. And Adam knows that. Uh, I, I I mean, anybody who follows fight sports knows that. And it feels like to me, like with what I'm watching with McGregor, <laughs> right? Very Aiken to Mike Tyson in the late '80s, early '90s, where they were so big and making so much money, yep. and it's. It's not just regular big, right? Like, it's cultural icon big. Everybody, even if you weren't a boxing fan, you knew who Mike Tyson was. Even if you weren't a UFC fan, you knew who Conor McGregor was. And they liked the lifestyle, and they lean into the lifestyle. Mike Tyson loved to party, notoriously blew through his money, right? Conor McGregor, I mean, he's got a lot of money to blow through, but damn it, he sure is trying, and the and he follows the party. And with that comes controversy after controversy. And, you know, another thing, a ton of favors have been done for Conor McGregor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the UFC wants him to fight again. They're looking for any reason to get him back in there. And when you keep getting favors done for you and you keep bending the rules and people keep looking the other way, the momentum just keeps building in terms of, you know, your confidence or in, in this case, your ego. Um, I think, to answer your original question, that we will see Conor McGregor fight one more time, maybe a couple more times. Okay. I don't think it'll be against Michael Chandler. I don't Why think it is. Why not? Yeah. We can make this fight. Theoretically, yes. We can you make could. it. You, you, you know what you do? Uh, you call it a vintage fight. You call it a UFC fight with vintage rules, which means very little rules. You go to a renegade state like Texas, and Chandler just has to agree and sign waivers that, hey, if Conor McGregor wants to be all hopped up on steroids, uh, uh, we can fight at, say, 185. Let's do it. I mean, Connor's certainly crazy enough too, but I don't think you need to go through all those loops and all through all those that that those except This is millions of dollars gymnastics. for Michael Chandler. He's never made that kind of money. Let's go. Listen, maybe I'll hey, get I'm all hopped you. up you, on the juice. Let's go. You know I want to fight. Huge, Not me. I'm a Chandler. huge admirer of Chandler, yeah, hyper violent fighter who's given so much to the sport. He certainly deserves it, but the ratings for the Ultimate Fighter have not been impressive. Damn it. People don't I'm seem to care. I don't even know how much of an A side Connor is anymore. Uh, and here's the thing. It's a winnable fight. Obviously, Chandler is an aggressive fighter, but I, I mean, coming back from your first fight since your leg snapped in half, do you really looking for that sort of menace? And on some level, Connor understands that. Now, the reason I say he'll fight again, because coming up later in August, Mr. Nate Diaz, what his greatest rival, arguably, oh, that's right, is going to be having that fight with Jake Paul. That is a one-off, and the interest with that has been slow as well. I don't expect Nate to be dabbling in any more freak show fights after the Jake Paul fight, and I don't particularly think he's going to win that. But after that time is up, 
I would expect him to be looking for his way back into the UFC. And there is that third fight with McGregor. I just think, I mean, even from a pro wrestling standpoint, even if both fighters wink, wink, nod, nod, and kind of know that they don't hate each other and they're just going to go in there and steal Dana White's money, it's money that needs to be stolen. That's a fight that they have to have. So I expect Connor to at least have that trilogy fight before he walks away for good. And he is a bit of a psychopath. Like, I, I refuse to believe that the lasting optic of Connor McGregor will be him on an octagon canvas threatening to kill Dustin Poirier and his right, wife right. in their sleep. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think his ego can let that be the final image we have of him. But right now, that ego is, you know, him not showing up on the Ultimate Fighter because, I mean, he he's missed a couple of fights on that show with his team. He does not seem, shockingly, to be very engaged in that. I don't think he's very engaged in general with combat sports. I think he's enjoying the life of the party. He's enjoying his vitamins. Wink, wink, nod, nod, right? And he's riding the wave of popularity. And until he needs to come back, I don't think he will come back. So I'm thinking maybe like mid-2024, maybe International Fight Week of next year. But Dana's really going to have to make it work, worth his while. And right now, I think the only fight that – I expect to happen in Conor McGregor's career is that trilogy fight at some point with Nate Diaz. Everything else in that is a guess for me, Steve. Big Mac, Ryan McKinnell, stick with us through the break. Um, I got it. When you mentioned vitamins at the same time uh, you mentioned <laughs> that, I was actually snorting the table and Caleb left. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Having fun on a Friday. We always do. Friday, Friday. Yeah! Uh, Ryan McKinnell is here. I'm acting like McGregor. I'm all hopped up now. <laughs> I'm very fired up. We were just talking about Conor McGregor. Um, I, you know, the fight I actually want to see, and we'll move on quickly from this, is uh, if Jake Paul destroys Nate Diaz. I would, I would like to see uh, Jake Paul fight McGregor, and then there be no testing. And I actually think Dana White would be in for that promoting it. I think he'd be open to working with the Paul brothers at that point, and they would all make a lot of money. But on the, uh, we were talking earlier about substances, right? And and the things that steroids can do for you, and sure. you know, I mentioned earlier. I mentioned earlier in the week. You know, Connor's not going into the pool. Adam Hill suggested months ago he wouldn't because you know he probably can't pass right now. I've mentioned watching him on the Ultimate Fighter, and he's just he's shaped you know, like a, a V. He's super big. He's all zitty in his back. <laughs> um, and but you see the erratic behavior. And I was just talking to Caleb during the break about you know Caleb played football for, uh, football for a long time, and that's a physical sport. And you know you were around guys, I assume who. Who used and you just said one of the biggest things aside from physique was what the change in their attitude. You can see it. You can see it a hundred percent. Like it's like you the aggression is like at the surface all the time. Yeah. The the anger is like bubbling right there, and it's it's just a bad mix for a guy who's already you know involved yeah. in combat sports. You already kind of live on that edge. You don't need a push. You don't need a boost as far as your attitude and your anger and things like that because then it spills outside of the octagon, and yeah, you see it time, was- time and time again. Yeah, by all accounts, he was already that. I mean, I remember talking to John Cavanaugh. Adam and I both were with McGregor on his first day in the States. They flew him in after his first fight in the UFC, signed him to a contract, did a media day with uh, with the UFC, uh, you know, the writers, the combat sports press here in Vegas, and we went over to an Irish pub and – I remember McGregor was said something about they fly me halfway across the world to bring me to an Irish pub in Vegas. I was like, hey, man, don't listen. It was a great conversation. <laughs> but even then, 
he was still tuned up. He was still high strung. And I remember talking to Kavanaugh, his head coach, and uh, he, he shared stories about how, like, you know, back in the day, Connor would, you know, he would he would have a bad training session or something wouldn't go his way or he lost an early fight and it took a couple months to get him back into the gym. Oh, very wow. emotional, very hot and cold, very high strung. Right now you add in all of the other factors and, and, and listen, the pressures. This sounds crazy, but the pressures that come with half a billion dollars. There are a lot of pressures with that, especially when you liken yourself a sportsman or a real G, right? Or like you're this great combat sports entity, which McGregor was and could potentially be in some level, at least for a fight or two more uh, in his career. But then you think about all that, like Caleb was talking about, all the other factors and uh, being right at the surface and being kind of that ultra tuned up sort of personality to begin with. And then you throw the money with it. Then you throw the controversy with it. And then also... I know you've talked about this, Steve, as well, the enabling, right? Throwing the dolly through the window in New York, the punching the old uh, old man off the bar stool in Ireland. Like, there's so many examples of McGregor running roughshod and not suffering any consequences. It's like, why Why would he stop? I imagine. I mean, I'm sitting here lambasting him. I know. Bro, that has got to be a really fun life. Like, McGregor must be having a blast. I was actually going to ask you earlier not to, you know, pull back the curtain too much because – I don't know what I would be like. Like, I think I have good character, but if I was worth hundreds of millions and I had reached oh, the no. mountaintop, um, would I take roids and just, you know, I wouldn't do Yayo because of uh, Len Bias in the past, but um, sure. would I be just whacked all the time on other stuff? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, I, I say it all the time, Steve. Being broke is the best thing that could possibly happen to me. Do not give me a bag because that would be a problem. <laughs> I know exactly what I would be with $500 million, and it would be a problem, just Steve Cofield. Just a lunatic. Total lunatic. All right. Total lunatic. So, oh, my God. I, do you know how – oh, my oh, – I know. Lamborghinis, Lamborghini yachts, Ibiza. I've never been to Ibiza, Steve. Ibiza. I can't imagine what I would get, do in Ibiza right. with $100 million. I only know that from I'd TikTok. I'd never leave. <laughs> so uh, you know what else I only know now from TikTok is wrestling, um, and I, I I don't know why I get I get so much on my algorithm on TikTok about wrestling, and a lot of it's old it, a lot of it's old timey stuff, Caleb. That's the most random thing I know. to get on an algorithm on social. How? I, what did you do? Because, well, because I sit and watch some of it, and what it is, I get a lot of old timey stuff. So I get a lot of flair uh, with the Iron Sheik <laughs> passing away and superstar Billy Graham, who right. you know Billy Graham goes way back. Talking about steroids. Um, and, you know, I get stuff like that. I get a lot of NWO. Um, I do. How do so, they even have stuff on TikTok? Like, it's, who's it's all, oh, there's who's clips. downloading stuff it, like that to it, TikTok? It gets oh, incredible so traffic, right? So many promos on TikTok. Yep. It gets incredible traffic. And that's, and that's wow. what they put up are the promos. The stand-ups in wrestling, for me, I don't know about you, Ryan, the stand-ups are as good as, I think, as good as the action when, the, when they're really good at doing the stand-ups. I mean, they've all they, all the words live longer than the matches. Like you're yep. talking about superstar Billy Graham. I watched a promo before. He, I don't know. I think I sent it to you. I don't know who he wrestled, but he's like, let me let's just say it's Hulk Hogan. It wasn't. He's like, let me tell you something, Hulk Hogan. When I see you on Saturday, I'm gonna be so hopped up on Detra Triclocyclone. He, he names like. Four different, like, legit steroids oh, yeah. that he's injecting into his body about how he's going to go out there and rip his opponent apart. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Ric Flair in the 80s talking about banging an entire bar room and, you know, riding Space Mountain and woo and, like, you know, Rolex wearing. I mean, those are timeless words. They're insane, yes. but they also occupy a space and time in American history. They're Americana, Steve, and that's why you're yep. getting so many of them. People love that stuff. You're All right. Wrong. So, A. AEW, who's the guy? We talked to uh, – now I'm blanking on the the owner of AEW, Tony Khan. 
Uh, we yeah. talked to Tony Khan, and I was talking to you behind the scenes before doing the interview. Who's their big uh, developing star who's really good on the mic? Uh, that that would be the young man, MJF, 26-year-old so, AEW so uh, world champion. I sent you some clips on him. That's oh, a talented, He's so talented good. man. Okay. Yeah. He's 26. I've never seen him. So now I'm getting feeds of something that calls itself L.A. Knight. And then I see highlights of this guy when he was 22 and 30 and 33 and 36. I've never heard of him before. I think this L.A. Knight is just breaking through at the biggest level. He's awesome. On the mic, oh. or am I a cheese ball? Oh no, you're you're spot on. There's a, I mean, he's gaining a lot of momentum on the main roster in WWE right now. Certainly, uh, the powers that be, Vince, Triple H over there, uh, believe in him. You know, oddly, Steve, uh, or coincidentally or not coincidentally, uh, he was Eli Drake on the West Coast for the last ten plus years, and he wrestled a lot. Okay, here in Las Vegas oh, he did? on the ind- uh, independence come scene. On. I missed it. Yeah. So Boy, he, he wrestled for Hollywood Hollywood Wrestling. Uh, future stars of wrestling out here in Vegas. He wrestled for. He wrestled for a lot of different companies. Truly uh, a grinder, right? And really honed his craft. Now, he's drawn criticism as well. My pal, right? uh, the world's strongest man, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry, my co-host on Busted Open. Uh, Mark had criticisms for LA Knight in the past thinking and feeling that he sounded too much like the rock's good buddy Dwayne the Rock Johnson very reminiscent of Dwayne the Rock Johnson almost to the point where Mark felt like he was ripping him off now Mm. I think as time has gone by he softened on that a little bit and more specifically LA Knight has honed his craft a bit but but I'll tell you what as you talk about LA Knight that just kind of goes to show you at his age how much he had to grind to to break through to get his shot. In my opinion, it speaks volumes to the litany of talent that's out there and people who can grab a microphone and cut a promo and make you interested. Because let's be honest, Steve, the reason you see and hear those promos all the years afterwards is because that's what really hooks you into a match. We all mm-hmm. know what the business is, right? There's no there's no fooling anybody. This isn't 1970 and we're protecting the business and we're keeping kayfabe alive. We know what it is, but you can still get lost in a good promo. You can still get lost just like you can in a good movie with good dialogue and a good one-liner, uh, The Last of Us. Uh, I, I, I heard Caleb bring up the scrolls, The Secret Invasion, right? Like oh, good writing can go a long way. And, yeah. and personality and charisma can go a long <laughs> way. And there's just a lot, a lot of good, talented workers out there because they grew up right on good, talented workers. They grew up watching Dusty Rhodes. They grew up watching Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, The Rock. Right. They, they really laid the groundwork for what we're living today. Ryan, uh, tell people in Vegas, uh, a lot of them already know, but where can people hear your wrestling and boxing and especially MMA talk? That'll be on Sirius XM Fight Nation 156, Steve. Ryan, you're awesome. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. Maybe don't do it, but uh, live this weekend like you've got 500 mil. <laughs> you, you got it, buddy. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll give you a call. We can do it together. Oh, boy. Okay, I'll see you later. Take care, Steve. I'm exasperated. I don't think I can do it. I got some. I have, I have some. Can't do it tonight. I have an obligation midday <laughs> tomorrow. Um, I didn't go... Uh, in the other annoying direction, because I'm sure there's some people listening who are like, wrestling. Um, <laughs> Logan Paul, Jake Paul's brother, is getting involved in the WWE. He's getting bigger. I wonder how. He's actually bigger than Jake. He's probably 6'2". Yeah. He's getting big upper body, right? And he's actually, I think they're setting him up against this LA Knight guy. And Logan Paul did a move the other day where he goes off the rope on one side, runs across the ring, jumps over the rope, 
and as he clears the rope, then does a tumble in the air to kind of like ram into the guy standing outside the ring. Oh, so and, okay. And I'll show it to you during the break. He landed on his feet. So for everyone out there, like I thought the Pauls were just two YouTube dorks. They were athletes. They, I mean, Jake Paul is getting pretty decent at boxing. I'm not saying he's going to be a world champion against a real boxer. But he, and, and Logan got in there and did that weird exhibition fight against Floyd Mayweather. But in wrestling, like he, Logan actually can move pretty well. And when I saw him do a flip in the air, I was like, holy crap. In my head, I thought you were going to say something outlandish. Like he jumped over the ropes and caught the top rope with his feet and pulled himself back into the ring <laughs> to finish off his move. No. That's what I was. I thought you were going with that. I was like, that'd be ridiculous. There was a weird moment during that interview. I think Ari got it, and then you, and then Ryan mentioned scrolls. scrolls. On the way back, we'll get to scrolls. Absolutely. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, eleven hundred AM and one hundred point nine FM. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. I enjoyed that spot. Big Mac was on. It was fun. Some wrestling talk, some Conor McGregor talk, some Elon Musk, Zuckerberg talk. Um, In three minutes, we've got to get to the difference between Caleb and I. By the way, Caleb Herring's doing the show today. I should have been saying that all show long. If he's not a familiar voice, Caleb is uh, awesome when he fills in, and he's part of the UNLV broadcast and one of the hosts of the Barry Odom radio show. Willie Ramirez is part of Cofield and Company, too, and Willie really hustled last night. It was part of a great experience with Julian Strother, one of our hometown uh, basketball players, a hometown hero. He got drafted in the first round. Now he's with the Nuggets, which is what an incredible opportunity. And at that draft party, Willie had a chance to – Talk to Julian's father, Lee, who it must have been over the moon. I mean, what, how cool is that for your kid? So we are joined immediately after the draft pick is in. Julian Strother goes to the Denver Nuggets via Indiana Pacers. Joining us now on ESPN Las Vegas, his father, Lee Strother. It's been a long career. It's been a long week. It's been a long day. Your emotions? Uh, all I can think is 17 years of... Uh, of praying, you know, he's a four, as a four-year-old, you start him out, put a ball in his hands, and you, you know, you have those dreams. You put the posters on the wall in the bedroom, and you, you know, you have dreams that yeah, we're gonna be there one day, and then lo and behold, the kid puts in the work, and here we are. I mean, I just, I have no other words. I just, I can't express it. You and I were at his very first ever basketball game at Desert Breeze, and he cried and walked off the court, didn't want to, and you and your late wife took a hard stance. She said that the basketball man, I think it was. Basketball gods came and took all his balls away because he said he didn't want them anymore. So we took him away and he was devastated. And the following week on game day, he went out there and, and did what he does. And he came home and lo and behold, all the basketballs are back. So we're all out here at the draft party and, and the agents and their representatives tell you to come back into the suite at a certain point in time, you go back there. What were those moments leading up to the draft pick for you? Just a lot of uncertainty. You don't know what's really going to happen. Things, strange things happen during on draft day. And uh, you're just hoping for the best. And you know you put in the work and you just trust the young man and what he's done. And um, it's all paid off and here we are. 
you and I had a chance to talk about just your thoughts and where you would have liked to seen Julian go a couple of days ago. You sent me four teams in case I would happen to be on a couple of radio shows and get some interviews. Denver was on that list. You really thought it was a good fit. And forget the fact that they just won the world championship, but just the fact that where he would fit in and the type of game he brings, not to mention the proximity to Las Vegas, but your thoughts immediately on him joining the Nuggets. It's just, it's a perfect fit because he's a winner. They're winners. Uh, the style of play fits a lot of movement, a lot of backdoor cutting, a lot of drive and kick to someone that, you know, like Julian will benefit from that. And uh, you're playing with a post player, you know, um, as he did with Timmy and Gonzaga. Great in the post, but can also find you on the wing when the double team comes. It just, it's. It's a perfect match. Lee Strother, we know it's an emotional day for you. I'm sure you have thoughts of your late wife, Cookie. She's looking down with smiles. Your daughters, Paige and Paris, your grandson, Ace. We wish you the best. Congratulations. You are now an NBA father. Thank you for joining us on ESPN Las Vegas. Thank you. Hoop Dads Unite. There you go. Dads Unite, Lee Strother. Very cool job there by Willie. That was awesome. Great content. Willie had a really good week this week. Ari was great this week. Same for Adam Hill. We really appreciate Caleb coming in spending some of his own time with Cofield and company. And maybe that could be you someday. Maybe, maybe. it'll be Taekwondo for your son. But yeah. <laughs> a Taekwondo dad unite. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making that a thing. Does he like any of the – have you got him into any of the traditional sports yet? No. So he's actually shown interest in soccer, of all things, which really? is another, like, unfamiliar territory for me. But yeah. he, he likes soccer. Okay. Uh doesn't really watch it on TV. I think he's just more of a whatever his friends are into right yeah. now kind of phase. Uh, but the one to watch out for is my daughter. She's all about it. Like she and she's already hard. She's two, by the way. She's already hard on herself. <laughs> yeah. Like the Fisher really? Price court. Like she shoots it, and I'm like, yay, close, almost. And she's like, no, I miss. And she like <laughs> she won't celebrate until she makes it. And I'm like, awesome. she's the one. Like I'm like fired up for it because uh, like the Aces are in town. She's going to some Aces games pretty soon. Uh, she's gonna be off it. She's gonna be the one that I think is gonna be into the major sports. Not that it's a problem that my son isn't. He has his own thing. Right. But my daughter, I see it right now. The competitive fire is right there. Do you let them watch what was it? Scrolls? What's this? <laughs> oh my God! Secret Invasion. So okay. are you, are you, you're you're usually my go-to guy for like TV shows. Sometimes, I, yeah. I don't know that you're a Marvel guy. Necessarily because it's a cinematic universe, but this is like the TV series. It just came out. The first episode dropped on Wednesday, I think. It was the 21st. Uh, so it was highly anticipated. Samuel L. Jackson, Amelia Clark's in it. It's, it's one of the uh, the better, uh, I guess, writing uh, segments for Marvel in their comic book series back in the day. It was like everything was going. It's going back to the like the spy thriller era of movie making. So it's kind of being more grounded than all the space and lights and flash and stuff that's been going on lately it's a more grounded i guess uh detective sort of script and samuel L. jackson is back on the on the small screen so it's been highly anticipated it was good good for that first episode i'm excited it's a six episode series so we'll see it's what i'm going to be into for the next six weeks i guess as they stream that on disney plus right now so i'm, I'm into it. it's the scrolls by the way the scrolls can imitate without giving anything away they can imitate anybody that they like see so if a squirrel mm, looks at you they okay. can like take your features and like become you and they could just come do cofield and company and everybody would think oh that's steve but it's not it's a scroll and that's what i think happened with dan white that was a scroll <laughs> that said what he said earlier about marcus like and then completely changed his mind for the money's sake we was- don't do circus fights <laughs> six years later yeah we don't <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, they want to do it. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be at Stefano's Greek and Mediterranean Grill. 25th year. 25th year in Las Vegas. They have a great special. Two euros for $5. That's all day long. 10.30 to uh, 9 o'clock. 10.30 a.m. Uh, a.m. to uh, 9 p. I'll be at the Blue Diamond location by Blue Diamond and Decatur. Uh, the station group will be out there for most of the day. From the point, Chris Fox will be there 11 to 1. I'll be there from 1 to 3. Steph from the point is going to be there from 3 to 5. And they've got that great special. And the menu beyond that is just insane. Fresh food. Great stuff. If you love Greek and Mediterranean, then uh, Stefano's Greek and Mediterranean Grill is the place. So come by tomorrow. I'll be out there from 1 to 3 with ESPN Las Vegas. Caleb, good job, man. Called you in at the last minute. And uh, hell of a job prepping the show. Ari, like I said earlier, good job this week. Check out all the archives of the show at lbsportsnetwork.com. And we're putting up lots of videos all over Twitter and Facebook. Best of this weekend.